to another edition of the Good Food Fellas. Gennaro, one of our favorite guests, is back. Yes, back, with his second baby, too, his new cookbook. The first one, he showed us how to do it right at home and kind of like DIY style. Now he's going to teach us about how he tackles texture, and he's going to help us tackle texture. It's called Texture Over Taste, available October 17th on Amazon and all bookstores. Uh, thank you, Joshua Wiseman, for stopping by. Oh, happy to be here, guys. Happy to be back. Yeah, I love your book. Any book that has a fat-ass pork chop, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. And it is a fat-ass pork chop. I mean, it's pretty, pretty big. We had, to take, we had to take the low-angle shot so people could see the length and the girth of it. It was beautiful. <laughs> maybe, it made me tear up, though. I wanted to try it. Hell yeah, man. It's good stuff. Um, I was thinking about in the reading of the book, why do you believe that texture often plays a secondary role in to taste in many of different cuisines? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it could be explained really complicated or really simply, but uh, I'll go the simple route. You know, I think that an eating, an eating experience is made up really of two things, right? It's the flavor component and the flavor quality of, of what you're eating, and then there's the texture. Um, but funny enough, most of the time people talk about flavor. And by most of the time, I mean, pretty much that's all people talk about. Um, it's very rare you hear people really diving deep and talking about texture. But the funny thing is, is that's the yin to the yang. That's the other half of the story. And so uh, I noticed that there were not, not a lot of books about it. And it felt like that was an important thing to tackle. Joshua, talking about extending the story, uh, for people who haven't heard our first show that you wanted was excellent. Can you talk a little bit about how your first book came about and then how this segues into your second book, please? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so the first book was sort of like, I guess my debut book in a way. So it was very much just my general thesis on food, how I feel about cooking and, you know, a bunch of recipes that I love that are, I think, stylistically me at home and things that anybody can make at home that they didn't think they could make. It was all about making things from scratch. It was all about you know, thinking a little deeper about the things that we're eating and like, you know, sort of the concept of ketchup doesn't grow on trees, it's made, you know, all these different things are, are were ultimately created, but we're so used to them just being e existent in front of us. And so I was putting people through the ropes of making pretty much everything. There were, you know, homemade ketchup and homemade mustard and all that. Uh, whereas this second book is a bit of a step further, but at the same token, it's easily, um, understandable and executable by a beginner or somebody who's never cooked before. I think if anything, it'll help teach people better about how to cook uh, because flavor in a way is much easier to obtain these days. You know, you throw in some, some shirodashi, you sprinkle some ramen powder on your popcorn. It's, it's going to taste good. Uh, but what really makes a great eating experience and differentiates someone who knows what they're doing and someone who doesn't is technique and technique is what's going to get you great textures and great eating experiences that, you know, you don't forget about. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, we're hitting the fall. How was your summer this year? Were you oh my God. A break? I saw you got married as well. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. For real. It was, it was pretty rough. Summer was hot. Yeah. Uh, 110, 108 every day. I mean, it was uh, something else. Yeah. Um, you know, Joshua, me, Roland and I are both mama's boys, right? So, we love the fact that you dedicated your book to your family, your parents. How important was that to kind of like spur you to do what you want to do in life? Because what you do as an entrepreneur is not easy. I mean, speaking of being mama's boys, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for my mom. So, you know, she's the one that 
that supported me through everything. And, uh, what, you know, she was the one who introduced me to cooking because she did, she's an amazing cook. And, uh, and so she was very, she could tell that I was interested in cooking and she very much nurtured it. They put a lot of money towards it. You know, looking back as an adult now, I'm like, damn, y'all spent way too much money on like all these fancy knives and things that I wanted in the kitchen when they really probably shouldn't have. And, uh, and they did it anyway to support me. And it, it nurtured into this huge passion that, uh, you know, my life would not be where it is if it wasn't for that. So uh, I feel indebted, even though everyone's like, oh, you shouldn't feel indebted to your parents. But at the end of the day, I'm going to dedicate everything I do to them. So it feels uh, feels good. Bravo. Yeah. What I love about your new cookbook, too, that uh, you show even pictures of the, uh, the peaks, the air. You show pictures of what should be and what it should look like, like a little animation form, too, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's hard to talk about, it's hard to write about texture yeah. um, just because it's such an experiential thing and it's kind of, I don't know, it's a heady topic. And so we used sort of fun illustrations to help people visualize kind of what I was talking about each chapter as you're kind of flipping through, you'll notice that the, the images are tied to the text on the page next to it or prior to it uh, to help kind of, bring that, string that along for people. Yeah. Which one of the recipes had the most sentimental value to you that you wrote that you put in the book? Oh, there's a few. Um, there are a couple. I have a few of my mom's recipes in there, uh, just some family recipes that they let me put out, which I appreciated. Uh, I tweaked them a little bit. Um, and then I have one recipe uh, that, I, that I got, that I made for my wife who she, so she has like this obsession with lemon chicken. And to me, I'm just like, it's whatever. It's lemon chicken. It's not that crazy. Uh, but her whole thing is like, oh, but I love it. I love it. So I put her, I put my own iteration, which I think is a really incredible version of lemon chicken. It's like raised chicken legs with, you know, preserved lemon and, and Castle Matrano olives. It's just like this very nice, luxurious dish. And I put it in there and I'm like, here it is. And she goes, well, where are the lemon slices? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> lemon slices? She wants raw lemon slices garnishing it. Then it's lemon chicken for her. It doesn't even matter how the chicken sees it. She just wants the lemon slices on it. Next time you told your cookbooks, I said, this is what I wrote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Josh, we felt lucky to get the book early so we could really dive into it before it drops on uh, October 17th. Uh, the one thing I took from the book is to be a better eater too. So the other day I went out on Saturday and I actually thought about texture because I had this seared calamari, which calamari is calamari, but then it had um, this um, this pesto sauce in it with uh, fresh corn and um, orzo. And I started to think about texture and I was like, this is better than I normally think. Because normally I'm like eating as I, oh, this is great. But then I was like, oh, wow, the textures in this is incredible because of the book and what I learned so far. I appreciate that. That's great. Yeah, I think that that's that's like the funny enough. That's also the other half of you know being good at cooking, being good at uh, anything in food is being a good eater, and that's the best part. That's my favorite part, right? If you can sit down and kind of pick apart the eating experience, not in like a not in a way that you know you're working for it, just kind of like thinking about it, you know. You, and like you said, you know, you're eating it, and you get a little pop of corn, a little chew from the orzo, and you're kind of that that is the experience and i think that people will enjoy their food more if they think of it that way but also even if you know they don't want to think of it that way if they could just 
experience it more deeply and slow it down a little bit, it'll naturally just happen. Which stitch in the book would you say is a must try for those that are new to the concept of texture over taste to, to dip their toes in? That's a good, it depends on their skill level. I think if they're a little more skilled in the kitchen, I think a great place to start it, funny enough is the donuts, just because it shows how technique is immediately associated with what the texture is of those donuts and what's described as those donuts. They're light, they're super airy. And I think when someone's feeling the dough and that you can, it's almost like before the finished product is done, you already know just by touching the dough that it, it's gonna be that. And that is like immediate connection. Um, something a little simpler, a little easier. Um, let me think. I think probably what's in there. Honestly, you know what? Actually, I have a copy right next to me. I can just flip through real quick. <laughs> yep. I, don't yep. remember, I don't even remember everything that's in here. Uh, <laughs> there, another, there's, oh, there's a sexy churro recipe. I saw that churro. I'd like to pay. That churro is great. Also, the bagels, honestly, the bagels are a great one, too. Um, you know what? Actually, I would say probably the French fries because it's something that everybody knows. Everybody knows what a French fry is. Um, and there's not that many ingredients. There's, what is it? One, two, three, four, five. There's five ingredients. Like, just do the damn thing. You know what I mean? There's five ingredients. <laughs> um, and and there's, there's a few steps. It takes, you know, you got to freeze your fries and all that. But I think it's such a great learning experience. And people will see how fun it is when they get that French fry that they were craving. And they eat it for the first time. And it's like super crunchy, super soft on the inside. I think it's a very gratifying moment for a home cook to go, wow, I made that actually made that and it was it wasn't that hard and it only took a few ingredients and that connection of technique and not being that hard is like that's the moment you're hooked yeah joshua we just had um chef michael simon on who was talking about learning and teaching he said one of his favorite thing about his latest cookbook is teaching people do you enjoy teaching as well i do yeah i really do i think it's it's fun to see i mean you know that's that's a big part of what i do every day um, and I try to teach as many people as possible at once. Um, I think what I really enjoy more so than teaching is getting people to see food through my lens for even if it's a split second. I'm less concerned about trying to get people to cook. And I think I might have even said this last time. I'm less concerned about trying to get people to cook. I don't really mind if people don't ever want to cook ever. I think if anything, it's just cool to have someone for a moment and have them see it through my eyes and them go off and have even just a 2% better life because their eating experiences are amplified every single time. Because like you said before, uh, you know, they're thinking about it when they're eating and they're enjoying their food more. And, you know, we have to eat every day. So if you can find a way to enjoy that more, your life will literally improve forever. Yeah. And also I love on your YouTube channel, you brought your wife in to cook the recipes out of your new book to show it is possible. <laughs> yeah. It is possible. She yeah. she does not cook. And so uh, she had a, a quite a stressful time with that one. She did very good, though, honestly. Uh, I also limited myself to like three very weird utensils. I had I think I had like tinfoil, a knife and a grill pan. And I made donuts with that. So, you know, I did it. I feel pretty accomplished myself there as well. You MacGyvered it for sure. <laughs> I did. I did. Anything is possible if you believe. <laughs> Joshua, one thing I respect about you is that you're coming out with actual, you know, vivid, beautiful cookbooks. Uh, 
a couple of years ago, they used to say print is dead. I don't think it's dead. You know, we work with the list and a bunch of other publications. How important is it for you to have a cookbook in front of you when you're either researching, learning, or teaching? I think cookbooks are essential, uh, especially physical copies. There's nothing, I really don't enjoy scrolling through my phone looking at uh, like a, a readable recipe. If I'm following along with a video, that's a totally different thing, right? Because obviously people do that with me, but um, having a physical book, I mean, it's a, it doubles both as like an art piece and something that's super functional. And I think cooking, there's so much physicality in cooking that, you know, having that physical product while you're doing that, you know, having physical pages to flip through, things that you can highlight, places you can put bookmarks. Uh, yeah, no, print is, I don't know how anyone thinks print is dead. Maybe some genres, but like definitely not. I think cookbooks will always be in print. I don't think that there will ever be a moment that cookbooks will, will stop being in print. Um, and same goes for several other genres too. Beautiful. Yeah. Also, I love um, in your YouTube channel, how you recreate our childhood memories with like my favorite, the homemade Capri Sun and the animal fries. Is there a recipe that you want to copycat you just haven't done yet? There's so many. I think the funny thing is, you know, we always try to pick things that, is gonna hit as many people as possible. We try not to go too niche and then alienate people who don't know what it is. We try to find things that everybody knows about. Um, and so there's a really a lot that I could do that we haven't done. Maybe I'll do some short form content around it. I think, man, there's so many, man. Like, I, do, I don't remember if we did Popeye's biscuits, but Popeye's biscuits for sure. Uh, I love the Tommy Chili's from the Chili Burger in California. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> those like churro, you remember those churro crisps from Taco Bell? Do mm -hmm. I? I dream about yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> those, I could definitely do those. Uh, uh so many. Oh, yeah. Joshua, his stage name is uh, Churro Crisp, by the way. Um, <laughs> that, that's my stage porno name. Thank you. Let's I respect that. that. I respect that. <laughs> Joshua, good. I see in your, in your social media now, speaking about content. You're working with some really creative people, some people that are really well-known. How do those come together? Because like Gary Vee and people you would never imagine even stepping into a kitchen. Yeah, it's funny. I really enjoy doing that. I like forcing people who specifically don't cook to cook on camera. I think it's hilarious. Uh, and I think it also is a great way to humanize people and be like, you know, these guys are people too. Uh, no, I mean, you know, throughout the years of everything that I've done, I have the people that I that, you know, have either inspired me or people that I respect. And I always try to connect with them if I can, because I think, again, I think food is such a big connector and I like to provide value with food. And, uh, you know, Gary and I have been friends for a long time and uh, I, I met him at an event and we got connected that way. And we just, you know, stayed in connection for over the years. Um, and then same thing goes with, with all the other people. I just think being nice and, and and a, and a hard worker over time, like people will will discover you. Love it. For texture with taste, you're also going on the book tour. You kick off October 17th at the Barnes and Noble in New York City, Union Square. You're going to different uh, cities. Are you excited to meet the fans now? Says everybody could go out and uh, grab the book and meet you in person. Oh, always. I, that's probably my favorite part. I mean, everything we do is through the, you know, through a screen. And so I never really get to see, I mean, I, I see people on the street that recognize me and we, we chat for a little bit and that's awesome. Those are always really fun. 
but it's cool to have it in an environment where we're fully prepared for that. We can sit down, chat with people, you know, take pictures. And uh, I like hearing the stories that people have had, not necessarily with, with what we do, uh, but more so like what they've had personally, like, oh, I started doing this at home and now it's like a regular thing for our family or, you know, those kinds of stories are inspiring for me and help keep us, you know, really focused, like eye on the prize, like, why are we doing this? And uh, it's really cool to see everybody excited about it. So I'm stoked. And sometimes people bring me gifts. So, you know, fingers crossed, we got some good gifts coming. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but no, I'm excited. Yeah, always say Joshua, gift receipts. Bring your gift receipts. <laughs> yeah. Just in case. <laughs> Joshua, are you excited to eat in New York City while you're in the city? Always, always. I always- What are some of your favorite places? Oh God, there's so many, dude. Um, I love, uh, there was this one place I've been going to a bunch, Contra downtown. I love Utopia Bagels. I'm probably going to swing by there and say hi to Scotty and the guys there. They're awesome. Uh, and man, uh, the Glassery I've been to a few different times. I can't even remember all. Ivan Ramen is awesome. Love their ramens there. I mean, really everything, man. I also am definitely going to get a street hot dog. Like I'll probably be walking around and with it double fisting hot dogs like i'm <laughs> I, i'm up for highs and lows uh in the food space uh in in new york yeah, joshua speaking of hot dogs what are the textures for you when it comes to a new york hot dog and what kind of toppings do you like on them you know I, if any. I i usually keep them pretty simple uh i think texture wise i like a little bit of a little bit of relish a little bit of onion ketchup mustard i kind of go all the way with it um I'm not, I'm not too, I don't like them too crazy. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I also like LA dogs too, right? With like the bacon wrap and the, and the jalapeno and the mayo on there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of all for it, but I think a New York hot dog needs to be simple and not overcomplicated. Uh, not like a fancy dog, right? Cause then, it, then you lose like the street food quality of it. Right. <laughs> With the holiday season coming up and I'm a pumpkin spice fan. I'm not sure if you are, <laughs> which is a good recipe to pick from your book. To just kind of get kick off the fall holiday season. Definitely the churros and the hot chocolate. Those are two really good. And honestly, you could make both of them and dip the churros in the hot chocolate. That's probably the best route to go. It's a it's an Italian style hot chocolate. So it's like the really thick kind that's very viscous. Uh, so that would actually be great to make churros with. Or you can just sip that as is, pop it in marshmallow, torch the marshmallow if you want to. I think that's a great way to go. I like I like warming spices and sweet stuff during the fall. Are you a pumpkin person or? I love pumpkin and pumpkin spice. Look, I mean, I think pumpkin spice tastes good. I'm not against it. I just think that it's super overhyped. Uh, but I'm you know, look, look, I mean, if someone gives me a pumpkin spice, uh, whatever, I'm probably going to eat and or drink it and I'll enjoy it. I bought four pumpkin spice creamers and four pumpkin spice whipped cream. So if I'm out of creamer, <laughs> I use that for my coffee. <laughs> See, you're see, you're out of control. That's what's going on right now. So, <laughs> when you check out, I know they make judgments in me, but I didn't care. I was like, just scan it. I love it. You got to do you, man. You got to do you. If pumpkin spice is taking over your life, at least as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. It is, but my stomach is not happy, though. It hates dairy. But I <laughs> you just smell like cinnamon everywhere you go. <laughs> Except for the restroom. That's a different story. <laughs> that's post-pumpkin spice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joshua, obviously you started in the kitchens working, um, you know, online and everything else like that. Do you ever talk to your old comrades uh, and they're probably thinking to yourself, 
I'm glad I did what I did, but you kind of like wish you were back in the kitchen from stories they tell you. For sure. I mean, you know, uh, I definitely reminisce on all the moments of camaraderie that we've had and it's, di it's very different, uh, different working style. Um, and it was sort of like the grind, right? Like the, everybody, everybody was eating shit. And so it was cool to be in the room with everyone who is like, yeah, we're tired, but like, we're ready to like bust it down anyway. Um, yeah. and, and that kind of energy is really cool. Uh, but I definitely still talk to all of them. I mean, I have many of them, you know, work for me now, which is really cool. And so, uh, they wow. come and, and they do, they do stints with me all, all, I mean, I pay more than the restaurants do, so it's hard not to want to swing by <laughs> and do a little stuff. That's uh, respect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a good time. So, you know, it's fun to have people who we've worked with or who have line, you know, I've got a guy that, uh, does a lot of our culinary production assistant work and, you know, I, I line cooked right next to him for years. So it's pretty cool to have that yeah. back again. He's also the only person like, you know, in, in production, it's a different kind of political correctness in a way. And by that, I mean, you know, I can't be, you know, I can't be like restaurant mean to people. Right. But with him, I can. So him and I are like yanking each other's cheeks <laughs> and stuff like that. And, and, and being, you know, playfully aggressive because we just, can work like that. So that's nice to have. Is there a recipe that you love that just didn't make the cut for this book? They go, I'll put it online or throw it on your YouTube channel. Yeah, for sure. I mean, tons of, I mean, millions of recipes, I'm sure. I mean, there's so many recipes out there. It's sometimes it's hard to choose what's going to go in the book because it's like, well, this recipe is good too, but we only have so much space. Um, if there's, and there are certain recipes that I'd like to put out that I haven't put out yet that, you know, maybe we'll just do plain recipe posts rather than a video, but yeah, tons. I think Roland asked before, uh, Joshua, but how about when you approach the publisher say, I want to book, do a book on texture and they're probably like, what, why? How was it to kind of like explain to them that this is something that's needed in the, in the uh, food world? It was honestly a really simple conversation. It was very much of like, look, I was basically like, look at the whole world of cookbooks. And then I'm like flipping through all these really, you know, top selling books. And it's like, you know, flavor Bible, salt, fat, acid, heat, um, and flavor, this flavor, that flavor, this flavor, that, or like this person or this brand or skinny taste or this, 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 it's like all of these books are talking about one thing. So if we're going to make a book that is going to, cause we were talking about what's going to make this book different from everybody else's. And I was like, this is quite literally what will make it different than everybody else's because nobody has written a book about this. There are books about texture out there, but nobody's really dove deep on it and done a good attempt to break it down. Uh, so that was really a selling point for me. Beautiful. Gosh, I want to thank you again for making time for us. I mean, the book's amazing. And you help everybody to understand and you make everybody excited to cook again. And uh, it's uh, Texture Over Taste, available October 17th. We're going on a big book tour. Um, what's that website so you see all your um tour dates to go check you out yeah so it, it i actually don't have the link in or, front of me but or uh, your instagram probably has it joshua white yeah yeah my it's on my instagram bio uh and if you click that you'll be able to find it um and then it's also on um i, I would say that's the best place to go honestly is my instagram bio at joshua weissman and you click that it'll take you all the tour dates and also when you buy the book on october 17th Go on Spotify. He has an amazing Spotify playlist. Daylist. I, I checked it out. It's really good. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I've been using it every day, man. It's it's nice to not have to flip through to different albums and playlists. Just click that and it's something different every time. Yeah. So you feel like you're cooking right next to you with, a, with, with the jams. <laughs> yes. Always jamming. All right. Thank you, Joshua, again for uh, making time for us. Anytime, guys. Got Joshua. Great questions. See you guys are awesome. soon, buddy. Yes. Thank you. You see too. you guys soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Have a good week.